This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Hello and welcome for uh, thanks for joining the award-winning to Hallenbach podcast brought to you by Old Logical Bar and Kingfisher Quality Fish and Chips in Hull. I'm your host Nathaniel Whittow, and tonight we have another special opposition preview with uh, Wales and, and Swansea City fan Luke from uh, the Swans Cast uh, podcast. So Luke, good evening. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing brilliant. Uh, good evening to you, and thanks for having me on on the channel. Hmm. It's always a pleasure because best bit about this this role is uh, learning more about the various other championship clubs and uh, trying to get a little bit of detail, not just about the team, but also what's happening behind the scenes. Because I know a lot of clubs have um, sort of dodgy owners at the moment. So I guess that's the first thing. Generally, um, sort of like in 30 seconds or something, how is it to be a Swansea City fan at the moment? Is the club on the up or on the down? I think we're kind of uh, in a bit of no man's land in the middle of the championship. Obviously, we had a long stint in the Premier League. You've mentioned owners. It was a change of ownership. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they've been coupled with the relegation. And since they took over, a bit of a downward uh, trajectory compared to the previous ownership, which didn't stop going up, if you like. Um, not necessarily that it wasn't going to happen anyway. Maybe we were punching a bit in the in the Premier League. But we come to the championship, had a couple of attempts at the playoff. 
and that we kind of sitting in the mid table that we have been for the previous two seasons, it looks like maybe that's where we're destined for again this year. So it's one of them where it's your periods where it's looking good and then that followed by a period of being a bit frustrated and what mm. could have been and no consistency and all the rest of it that comes with the championship. I'm sure a lot of clubs go through the same sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about what happened in the summer because there were two major departures that I can uh, see. First, the manager, Russell Martin, you've replaced him with Michael Duff. So what's the uh, managerial situation like at the moment? Yeah, so obviously anyone that is unaware about what Russell Martin brings to the table, just like at Southampton, you know, he's doing essentially what he did at Swansea last year with a bit more money, I guess, and a Premier League squad. But um, yeah, so he's trying to do that with us last year. High possession stats, some silly errors at the back costing us quite often, and ultimately that's why we resulted where we did in higher mid-table, but only three points actually off the playoffs. So it was a, mm. a very what-could-have-been season because we had a good run of form towards the end, which was after a really bad run of form, and we should have done better and ultimately shot ourselves in the foot. Uh, but he moved on. Michael Duff has come in from Barnsley. He got them to the playoff final last season where they obviously lost um, against Sheffield Wednesday. He's come to us now, and we still do play you know, a possession game. It's not to the extent of what you see from Russell Martin. We have a little bit more of a direct approach when it's needed, or a little bit sometimes of a different game plan when it's needed. You know, We can mix it up a bit more. There's definitely more of a press out, out of possession, and it's, it's a high-intensity, high-work rate system when it works you know but it's not always working as it should yet because it's still early days but that's kind of what has been a lot of the frustration this season because you think it looks good and then you have a poor result and it's hard to see where we really are I think he needs more time really just to get a grip on it and probably another transfer window because we're short in some areas he started the season with a different formation to what we're using now and I think the summer transfer window was planned for that previous formation and we we're seeing the um results of that now with some shortcomings so yeah mm -hmm. it's, it's still transition definitely even though it's not a massive transition it's I think any any sort of system after Russell Martin is quite difficult to adjust to actually so yeah mm -hmm. yeah because I think you look at Swansea over the last 10 11 12 years at least since they had whichever loud rip it was in 2012 Michael. Michael I was gonna yeah. is there Brian his brother's Brian they always got um confused in the mm -hmm. commentary and and stuff like that but yes yeah, i was gonna go brian but michael yeah. uh Laudrup, um yeah swansea have had this possession-based style and i think i mean i look at russell martin and he didn't really achieve anything at mk dons especially and i felt like maybe swansea were just sort of watering that system down because it was successful a while ago but were they just doing that for the sake of it so is um, it important that they've changed it a little bit um no look so you're right to mention the history there with Michael Laudrup. He wasn't necessarily the beginning of it, but I would say he's the peak of that style of play. And he won us a League Cup and got us into Europe and took us on that journey. That's my favourite period anyway. Mm. Obviously, it's an opinion game. But um, we call it the Swansea way down here, the way that we played football, and it is coupled with our successful period. So we rose up from League Two. Mm. Um, it really started in League One under Roberto and Martinez, and then we continued with that style got to the Premier League with Brendan Rodgers, had Michael Laudrup, and then when we sort of went away from it with our desperation to stay in the Premier League with managers such as Paul Clement who are a little bit more mm -hmm. defensive and 
not passing and pretty just generally rubbish as well. Yeah, and that's when we, you know, that's where we started going backwards, if you like. So, the fan base in general has a connection with that way of playing. We came down, got Graham Potter in. He brought it back after a relegation. Steve Cooper maybe was a little bit of a step back again, but this is the, is an important but because I don't want to sound like I'm criticising Cooper. He brought results. Whereas as much as Potter's year, that he was year, was very exciting and I really enjoyed it, Cooper might have toned that back, made us a bit more pragmatic, but got to the playoffs twice, you know, got to the playoff final and had our two best seasons since we got relegated. And now then we, the fans didn't... The fans, it was, it was kind of split. You had the half that were like, no, he's doing well, he's getting the results, that's all that matters. But then you had the half that are like, I'm bored of watching 1-0 wins and then defending and just relying on Andre Ayew to score one goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't happy with him by the end, especially the way the playoff final went. So he went and Russell Martin came in because it was, you know, wanted that a passing approach was was kind of what the fans wanted, I guess. And he was the extreme of it. I would say even more extreme than what we had, you know, in our successful time. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know what the right way is. I think sometimes, and this is a bit controversial, we shoot ourselves in the foot by mm. demanding this style of play. I think sometimes football changes and you've got to change with football. It's not necessarily as easy to implement that style of play and progress up the leagues as it was when we did it the first time. And... You've got to have the players to do it, and it costs so much money to get the players to do it these days. Mm. Well, yeah, because we can see that Leicester and Southampton, Leeds, these sort of teams have got the money to do that, and, yeah. and us as well, hold to a certain extent, we're sort of doing a very similar thing to yeah. what Swansea used to do and what Southampton and Russell Martin are doing. But if you look at Man City, who you could argue a blueprint for that sort of style of play in the English game, even Pep is adapting that these days and yeah. introducing all different types, like Haaland quality player of course but he's not necessarily the typical player that fits into that style of yeah. system but he's adapting to what the weaknesses are and eventually they won the Champions League after many attempts you know it just shows you've got to change and football always changes and I think sometimes we remember what brought us success and that's what we yeah. just want you know yeah yeah so I I think we sort of agree with him that maybe yeah that's sort of something that they've tried to do and it hasn't always worked but uh, in terms of the other major departure no Joel Perot this season, who has been so important, he's doing quite well at Leeds. So, um, yeah. how have Swansea adapted with that? Because Jerry Yates, I think, is a very good signing. What's the thing been there? Because he, like, when we lost Bowman a few years ago, that completely changed how we were as a whole team. Yeah, I think we're still struggling to change after Peru. He's one of them players that he had so many quiet games that you think, I don't really know what he's done. He doesn't play very well, and it's easy to say that after games. But he scored two. He scored twenty goals in two championship seasons. Even though I would say, like, he didn't look like he was on top form a lot of the time. Mm. But then, when he's not in the team anymore, all of a sudden you realise what he brought and what he did. He just takes defenders out of the game and allows the the rest of the team to contribute a little bit more, you know. And I don't think Jerry Yates is the same player to be able to do that sort of thing. And I think he's actually suffered from not having a partner like Perot. When he came in at the start of the season probably scored a few more of his goals when he was with Perot before he left. Since he's been a lone striker and with the formation change, which obviously he wasn't necessarily signed to play up top on his own, he's not... We haven't adapted to using him there yet, or he hasn't adapted to being used in that role yet, whichever way it is. Mm -hmm. Not to say he's a bad player, he's not at all. He's a hard worker, he doesn't stop running, doesn't stop trying. 
we just can't seem to get him into the game at the moment. And Joel Pro has definitely been a massive miss because if we look at our goal scorers, you know, they're not there's no one really taking it by the scruff of the neck and I'm going to be the top goal scorer this season. You know, they're all quite close. The whole squad is chipping in, so that's a positive. But you're not replacing one player who's got 20 goals and we're really struggling to do that at the moment. Mm -hmm. So, Michael Duff so far has come in, he's 17th. You've started quite poorly, been a good run, now about average. What were the expectations after a few good seasons before going into the season and have they changed now that you're just sort of in mid-table? Well, obviously... Russell Martin didn't get into the playoffs and you have a change of manager. You, I think it's hard to expect instant progression from that. You know, Martin didn't do it in two seasons here, but he probably should have. So I think mid-table is a fair expectation for Duff in his first season. Anything extra is a bonus. I do think it's quite a hard division this season with some of the teams that have come down and some of the teams that have come up have actually made the league a harder a proposition to do well in and to get into the playoffs especially. You could argue with the teams that got relegated, the rest of the league was only playing for three three slots. I think a lot of people thought, and at the moment that is proven to be the case. Um very difficult year. But yeah, I think we're in the I think the mid table is quite quite similar in ability. We fall into that category where momentum is so important. So you mentioned mm-hmm. our two runs. Really bad run at the start of the season. Managed to get our first win and then we won four and a bounce all of a sudden, you know, and shot us up the table. But I think that's what it's going to be like this season, a little bit of a roller coaster. And depending how well you can keep your form, that's that's the teams that are going to do well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think form at this level, maybe the top teams and the, and, the, and the very worst teams, perhaps not. But for pretty much everyone, for maybe like 20th to about fifth or fourth or something, that momentum is so important because, I mean, like, Teams like QPR are just rubbish, for example. But they can't really get ahead of steam. But uh, City yeah. at the moment are doing fairly well. Um, so how do you see this game going? Because I think Swansea, it, last year we lost uh, 3-0 at Swansea. It was the last game under Schrotter Avalanza. Um, Tobias Figueiredo dived in his own penalty box because he thought he'd been fouled and it was actually the, our own keeper coming to collect the ball. Um, it was really dreadful, so... I think it's going to be a little bit tougher for Swansea uh, this year, but how do you see it going? And how do you feel like after the last few games? Was it Ipswich away, the last one? Yeah, Ipswich talk, away. Talk a little bit about that, yeah. Ipswich away and Sunderland home. So obviously you mentioned our form and they're not the best results. A draw home to Sunderland and a loss away to Ipswich. But we did have a red card in both, controversial red card in both, I should say. The one against Sunderland at home, which completely shut the game down, you know, and it ended nil-nil because we just had to, like, get something out of the game at that point. Both afterwards, both decisions, two yellows, were commented by the PGMOL, the Referee Association, <laughs> came out and said both shouldn't have been yellows. So we got a player sent off and neither of them was even bookable. Um, <laughs> I mean... What can you say about that? And then against Ipswich, again, I think we were hard done by with two yellow cards in that game for a player. Not that the Ipswich one probably would have mattered. They had a period where they just blew us away after we went 1-0 up. But I think Ipswich are doing that to a lot of teams. So I'm not reading too much into that. Um, And also in our last five games, we've also had a loss to Leicester. So form, it doesn't look as bad as what it necessarily looks if you look at the five-game sample. Mm -hmm. If you... The only one I'm really disappointed with was a home loss to Watford. Now, they sat back in the first half of that game and we couldn't break them down. 
I'm not expecting Hull to do that. I'm not saying it's going to be an easy game, but we will play. We'll be able to play our game better if there's more space. And if you're trying to do the same thing as us, from what I anticipate, it could be quite an open game. Yeah. And then I guess it comes down to the quality of the teams and mm. and the game plan there. But I'm not expecting no goals for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if both teams score. Uh, but I definitely think it's going to be a hard one. I'm not confident in saying we're going to get a home win. But I do think we need to go for it to get a home win because it's been a little bit of a while since we did win our last home game now, 4th of October. So it's, uh, it's due. We need to get one, I think. <laughs> so I mentioned Jerry Yates there. Another key player is um, Jamal Lowe, who scored a, a lovely goal at Ipswich. So um, are those the two best players? And maybe Matt Grimes, <clears throat> who are the best players as, uh, you know, in the Swansea team at the moment? Yeah, uh, Lowe probably is the attacking threat to be wary of um yates is like a poacher so he'll be there and there about he'll be running at your your back line trying to make him make mistakes when they, they've got the ball and when we've got the ball you know he's, he's in the right areas we just can't get the ball to him so that depends on the space i guess so that we are offered to be able to get him into the game but jamal Lowe, as you said about the goal he scored in ipswich you know he he doesn't do it enough i think but he can run with the ball and take players mm. on and when we're 3-1 down away from home and he's decided to do that, we reap the reward. So I'd like to see a little bit more of that from him. But that is definitely what he's capable of, you know. Uh, so, yeah, he's definitely the one to watch out for. We don't have an abundance of players in those areas. So I I would expect them both to start. But you mentioned Mac Rhymes too. He would be the key player in the centre of the pitch. He's the captain. He's been there for years now. I think many people know about him. He he gets us going. If he has a good game, Swansea generally have a good game and vice versa. If he's not really playing so well, the team comes down with it because he just dictates how we play from, from centre midfield. You know, he keeps us ticking. Under Russell Martin, all he did was recycle the ball, move it around, and he did it so well. This mm. season, he's been added a little bit more of directness to his game. He struggled at the start, and I think that contributed to our bad run of form at the beginning of the season. But in recent matches, he definitely got into that a little bit more. You will sometimes see him a little bit further up the pitch, and he has chipped in with a few goals already this season. And he's got a hell of a left foot on him. He's just he's not associated with scoring goals that much in the championship, but maybe this season's where he shows you know that is something he's capable of. But those two definitely, um, I think, are the ones I would highlight at the moment. There's... Not really anyone I would pick out so much. I would would have said Josh Key, but I don't think he's back from injuries, so I won't uh, I won't mention him today. Mm-hmm. Okay, sounds good. Um, I mean, I mentioned there, or you mentioned that perhaps if the game plans are fairly similar, it'll come down to the quality. Of course, I'm always biased with this because I'm a whole fan. But every week I do a combined lineup of the best whole I and mean, opposition players. So. Um, for people listening who didn't listen to the previous episode, I'll just read out my lineup again. I've got Ryan Allsop in goal, Greaves left back, uh, Humphreys, what's his first name? Humphreys, the centre back. Bashir Humphreys at centre back, Alfie Jones, Louis Coyle, Surrey, Morton, uh, Matt Grimes, who you've mentioned there, is one of the key players. Philogene has to be in. He's just one of the most informed players in the league at the moment. Jamal Lowe, who scored that lovely goal against Ipswich, and up front, we've got Liam Delap. So, as a Swansea City fan, I'd like to get your perspective on this. I know, I mean, yeah. I've not had many Swansea players in there, but with the league positions, I think that's somewhat justified. But ma- mainly, are there any Swansea players in here that shouldn't I think be? I think you've got the right three there. Uh, Humphreys, mm-hmm. he's still, he, 
is a talent. Uh, he got an England call up just before they became on loan to us. I don't think he played, but he did get called up, and that says a lot, you know, about where his uh, credentials lie at Chelsea and what they think of him up there. He didn't have the best game against Ipswich, but he has definitely come into his own of late. So I wouldn't be opposed to including him. The other centre back playing at the moment, Harry Darling, he's doing better this season. But, you know, I think he's got his limitations. Humphreys is definitely the one that's got the potential to go forward. I would say, I mentioned Josh Key. He's injured at the moment, but he's one of the candidates for our player of the season at right back. So he's perhaps one to worth looking at. Bit of raw talent coming up from League One. Had a very good season so far with us. Um, we were told maybe he wouldn't quite be ready for this level to be playing week in, week out, but he's excelled and he's not going to be a championship player forever. He's definitely going to be one that goes up the leagues. The other player I would maybe mention is the goalkeeper, so Rushworth. Mm. I think a little bit of a slow start, but the last few games he has been outstanding for us and he has kept the, the conceded goals down. Six saves against Ipswich, I think it was like eight against um Millwall or Sunderland, one of the previous games, he's making a lot of saves, which is going a bit unnoticed mm-hmm. um, because Swansea look like they're not necessarily conceding many. They're in games, they're losing by one goal, but he's a massive part of that because he is. We are conceding a lot of opportunities, and he is kind of bailing us out. There's probably going to be a game there where that doesn't happen, and we get thumped, and then we'll realise how much of an impact he's had. But mm-hmm. under the radar a little bit, but he's definitely, I think in contention for one of the best goalkeepers in the league this season if he carries on the way he's going. Okay, well, that, that's interesting. It's why I ask this question to actual fan because I saw that he conceded two against Ipswich and was it two against Leicester or a few goals? And So you don't think yeah. to include the keeper, but um, yeah, I mean... the It could have is... been so many more against Ipswich. I, I Honestly, he mm. made some saves that you just have no right to be making and... 3-2 looks a good result on paper, but it should have been it should have been worse. Mm-hmm. I'm telling mm-hmm. like they, they battered us for a period of ten minutes. Yeah. Um but yeah, six saves against Leicester he made. Mm-hmm. No, not yeah, Leicester, sorry, Ipswich. I think that's my bonus shame because Allsop yeah. has been good for City, but we've been playing relatively well defensively of late. Was it three clean sheets and four nil? So uh he's not actually had that many saves to make in the last yeah. few games that just you know those clean sheets do look nice though um so before i get your prediction for the actual swansea city game uh, on saturday uh, you were saying before the podcast started and wales are currently playing by the time you're watching or listening to this on uh, especially if it's in podcast form audio form on apple soon you'll know whether wales have won or not um but you said that you don't really enjoy watching rob page's uh Wales at the moment so yeah. it's the international break I'm wearing my England shirt what are your thoughts on Wales at the moment in the it's funny because it's age? funny because they've gone 1-0 up at the moment so mm-hmm. we'll see if they manage to hold on but um I just I just think you know he got it kind of um got the job after some controversies around the, the manager before him mm-hmm. and you know he done he done decent as a caretaker and he was given the job but we've had a lot of recent success and I just think we could have gone a bit better you know we, we're probably in our best period in in a long in a long time because some of the better players that we've had obviously Bale's gone now so it makes it a bit more tricky and Ramsey won't be far behind him so we've got to bring some new guys through I'm just not sure that Rob Page has got the experience and you know the ability to really take us further it's fine mm-hmm. to just carry on doing what we're doing we're scraping through at the moment potentially to the championships now 
but we we were in a position in the previous game where we lost to I can't even remember who it was, it was Armenia. Armenia. Armenia, yeah, that Armenia. Was a big one, wasn't it? So we we lost. We only needed to win that game, and we drew. I think it was a one-all, wasn't it? In the end, we did the hard work. We beat Croatia, and then we drew our home to Armenia. Where a win there, we're through. Now we got to rely on a playoff, even though we beat in Turkey. And yeah, I just I'm not sure in the World Cup again. The way that he approached the World Cup was kind of like a swan song for some players that have been around the block, um, yeah, helped us qualify. You know, we, yeah, Joe Allen, but not even him. Like some lower league players, Johnny Williams playing in League Two, gets a call up ahead of Championship players because yeah. they haven't been involved in the squad, even though in form, not getting a call up because well, Johnny Williams has helped us through this period of getting to your first World Cup in however many years, fifty odd years. So we're going to take him. He's not going to play, like. You know, he's not going to play. Gareth Bale, as much as he's a hero for Wales, he didn't perform, but they're too scared to not have him on the pitch. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't start him, but if he's not playing well, he's not, you sub him, you know. There's other players that are going to do a bit more damage. And I just think in the World Cup, we were kind of a team there to make up the numbers and we didn't need to be, it's like we were happy to be there because we haven't been there for so long, which, yeah, we were. But when you haven't been there for so long and you see a team do nothing, Mm. It's disappointing. I mean, we're ranked in the twenties, and should be doing better if you got a rank like that, really, shouldn't you? Yeah, I think I we're think... overranked, but if we're there, then expect to see a bit more. Mm. Well, yeah, it's that thing where obviously you would be happy. Was it sixty, sixty-four years since you've been at the World Cup? Yeah. But if they're not playing to the best of their ability, then it is also frustrating, isn't it? But they they expanded the World Cup, didn't they? So it was a bit easier to get into, which mm. you know. Doesn't matter. We're still happy to to go, but again, like some of the selection. If you're going to go to a World Cup, the pinnacle of football, and you're going to pick players from League Two just because they've hit, they're going to retire afterwards, and it's nice to take them to this big event, even though they're not really going to be a useful part of the squad. What is the point, honestly? Like, it's just we want to go there to be competitive. If they're not, if they're not going to be a competitive part of the team, then it should be other players going instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think with international football, especially at like Wales level or whatever country it is, with England, they're one of the superpowers. They've always got players in every position, except we don't have any left backs. No. Um, with Wales, I think what you've seen with Bale, but not anymore, you've got Brendan Johnson and Dan James and Harry Wilson and David Brooks. Yeah. If you could have at least one good striker rather than lots of these similar quality wingers, that might help a bit because Kiefer Moore yeah. is decent, but he needs a bit, a bit more. Yeah, he's, he's not a. Yeah, he's 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 he's, an, he's a good striker. He's someone that you want to maybe bring off the bench, you know, when you want to change the game. I'm not sure he's he's someone that is going to get to World Cup. Well, yeah, I, look, I'm not. Yet. Kiefer Moore has, has has done fantastic for Wales, but just just to, to to sort of reiterate your point, there's no quality key striker like he's. He's gone to the he's gone to Bournem- the championship with Bournemouth. Sorry, the Premier League with Bournemouth, and ended up going out on loan back to the championship. You know, that's what I'm saying. There's no Premier League quality forward or striker that we can call up week in week out, and it does make Page's job a bit tougher. But there are other players that he can call and and youth that he can try and introduce, and he has been doing that now. Granted, um, but I won't forgive him for some of the selection that he took to the World Cup when it was our. Yeah. We could have got out of that group as well. It wasn't the hardest group that we had. Oh, yeah. I mean, a bit offensive to England, but, yeah, it, it was fairly... You had England who could have, should really be finishing top of Iran, America or Wales. 
really any of them you thought we could. I thought we could have come second, is what, mm-hmm. I, what I mean. I, I didn't expect to necessarily knock England out. Uh, I just thought probably should have done better against the other two teams. And if you win two games group. in the World Cup group, then... Well balanced group, I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think Wales probably will be there. I think Scotland as well, perhaps, for the next World Cup, because it's even bigger. Is yeah. it? Is it, for, is it as many as 48 teams? Or is it 38? It's nuts now, isn't it? It makes it less of an achievement, if anything. But, um, I mean, yeah. obviously, you want to go. Just it, it's, it's not as nicer to qualify when it's harder, isn't it? I think having more teams, I mean, might not work, but I think it should be like maybe the same amount of games. It's all about money, isn't it, really? Yeah, but they're going to have like a round of 32. Yes, it's crazy, and the um, especially because of how, like, the distance involved in yeah. America, Mexico, and Canada. It's nuts. Like, it's, yeah. it's going to be very difficult to follow your team. Mm. And just, I'm just thinking of the air miles. Yeah, uh, it's not sustainable at all. But uh, you know, it's at like least did... Wales might be able to go. I can, yeah, it's, so. it's like when they did that one in Europe across Europe. I don't think that's a good system. Mm. And of course, they didn't know it was going to happen during COVID, but no, that didn't happen at the best time. No more travel, and yeah, they probably should have just scrapped it. Uh, and they couldn't; they didn't have it in the budget to to change anything, though, because they still called all the logos Euro twenty twenty, was twenty one. So, so yeah, I think England and Wales might be in the same position after the next tournament, whether Wales have got there or not. Same with Southgate; I think there might be changes. Yeah, maybe you could have Southgate. You do a very good job. You Look, do a very good job. I don't think I think Southgate should be doing better for England and I'm sure you all mm. probably agree with that but I can't like I, I wouldn't necessarily want him because he's England manager but in terms of his ability I don't think Wales could could have an issue with that really mm. I think international management you don't really get the best managers because no. I think a lot of the best ones would want to um, I mean, except Germany they just cycle through the same yeah I think I think this is a controversial take but for me Wales are limited in a way that um they want to go through the like our Welsh manager will manage in Wales, and that's fine. But there's not there's few there's a few top Welsh managers that are doing well. Like you've got Steve Cooper in the Premier League, for example. Um Nathan Jones has been in the Premier League recently and he didn't have the best mm. times. There's a few more knocking about. But you're not gonna prize them away from those jobs to lead the national team, I don't think, if they're in no. a job. Maybe if they're out of a job, they might be interested. But like are we then because the population of Wales isn't massive, you know, we haven't got the biggest selection of players to choose from, as we already discussed, and probably overachieve with our squad. And a ranking does suggest that maybe I've been a bit harsh on our performances, but maybe we are not helping ourselves with the rule of having to have a Welsh manager. Like, yeah. if there's a top manager out there that would be interested in that job, who's better than maybe Rob Page, for example, who has never had a really top job why would you not go for that you know if you want to yeah. get to the next level you want to keep getting to these competitions we don't want it to be like yeah we had that period we got to three competitions and now we're going to have another 50 year barren spell i don't know the yeah. faw um, is a very good uh, coaching mm. system though so i would totally agree though because in a bigger pool of english managers i'm still not sure many would would either be good enough or would want to you know there aren't many that are good enough to deserve the job and do well but uh, not too good that they wouldn't ever want it because I don't yeah. think the international management's that attractive, really. Um, and, and also to be a little bit demeaning or maybe very demeaning, you could argue a lot of the Welsh team are English anyway. 
Yeah. So you could say that, you know, I'm sure there are many English managers with vaguely Welsh heritage that would still enjoy the job. So I think I agree with that. Um, but to get back onto the match on Saturday, now we've got to the, the wonderful golden 30-minute mark. Um, can I get your prediction for Swansea versus Hull on Saturday? Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, very, well, I hope it's a very exciting game because the last home game was dull against Sunderland, as I mentioned. Mm. So expecting to see a bit more good football and both teams want to play that way. So I'm going to say a bit of a few goals. Um, I'm going to say Swansea to, no, I'm going to go a two-all draw. Mm. I, don't, I don't know if we will get a win, actually. So I don't feel confident predicting it. I want to get a win, don't get me wrong. But maybe two-all. Uh, I think it'll be a tough game for both teams. Yeah. Yeah, good to all. Yeah, I think that if it does go down to the way you said earlier, just the quality, we do have quite informed players, Dillap and Philogene especially. Um, I don't think they're on the pitch for England under-21s at the current moment, but maybe by the time you're watching this, they've scored a hat-trick against Northern Ireland. So, um, yeah, I think that if it does go like that, we're pretty decent away. I'll I'll back them for a 2-1 win, but, yeah, I think a few goals... It could be the 2-2. We had at Millwall, that sort of thing. Um, we're not free-flowing at the moment, but away from home we are a little bit better. So I'm going to I'm gonna stay confident, hopefully get uh, another win after a very important win against Huddersfield last time out. So, Luke, uh, you're from the Swans cast. Do you want to just promote yourself a little bit? Yeah, so if you go on to YouTube or Spotify or any of the podcasting places, type in Swanscast, you can check our stuff out, all our podcasts, go on the podcasting platforms, but our match previews and stuff, as I did the one with Ant earlier, is on our YouTube channel. So you can check them out, and Twitter's our most active social media. If you type in Swanscast on there as well, we should pop up. Okay, great. Well, I've got three shout-outs now. I did have two, but David Cross has just commented in saying that Tyler Morton, who is on loan from Liverpool to us, um has scored for the England under-21. So that's that's great because we've had Phil and Delap playing for them. So if that's true, maybe he's, he's making a fall out of me. I haven't checked. Uh, then Morton scored, so that's very good. He's not scored for City, though, this season. So hopefully he can bring that into, into the game on Saturday. And then also, it was a delight to go to the Football Content Awards. We didn't win anything this year, but we've still got that bronze from the previous year, 2022. So it's nice to be there. And uh, I've got a badge from the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes Watford podcast. It was great. If they're listening, it was great to meet you. And also, as you can see on the little comment uh, under my name, I finally got a job I've been searching since I graduated this summer. So I'll still be able to do the podcast, though. Very good hours. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into, in, into that and then still doing this because I, I, I love all this stuff. So, Luke, very good guest. Thank you very much. And Thank you very much. Congratulations. On Sunday. Thank you very much. Thank you for commenting, listening and uh, liking and subscribing to all the stuff. Keep doing that and we'll be back very soon for another podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.